For GateWorld.net, I'm David Reed, and I'm once again on the phone with the lovely Miss Amanda Tapping, looking better than ever. How you doing, Amanda? Thank you for asking. Good. Now, the la- I think the the biggest difference has been your hair. Um, th- th- with the Air Force regulations, um, they've always ad- insisted that you keep it short. At what point did they just? Did Actually, they- that's, that's a bit of a misnomer, David. It wasn't the Air Force regulations that insisted that I keep it short. It's if you have short hair in the Air Force, it has to be above your collar. The, the reason that it was kept short on Stargate was we kept ending every season with a cliffhanger which meant that I couldn't grow my hair out during the off-season. So it always came back to short hair, um, it just so that it would match the season end. Oh, really? Yeah. When I was in the Middle East on a USO tour, all of the women that were uh, on the base had long hair. Ah. Uh. Uh, it wasn't. It's not an Air Force regulation that women's hair has to be short. It just can't touch your collar. And if it is long, then it has to be in a ponytail or a braid or a bun. Okay. I get it. So this is this is the this is how we've managed to get your hair longer then. Yeah, because I wasn't in a cliffhanger. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. Do you prefer it longer? Uh, it's just a nice change. You know, it's really funny because I'm I just did some DVD commentary on Atlantis and went, oh man, I kind of look better with short hair. But um, just for me personally, it's nice to have a change. To be perfectly honest. Even though it takes a little bit longer in the morning to get ready. Yeah, you know, or not. I mean, sometimes it's a little faster if I just throw it up on a ponytail and off I go. Um, Yeah, blow-drying it takes longer. That's the only thing. You know, for me right now, it it leads itself nicely into uh, my Magnus hair, which is basically taking the hair I have now and dyeing it dark. So So that is your plan? A whole new change of Amanda! Ah! Yeah. (laughs) Just... Rather not wear a wig then. Well, I think um, the wig was actually a great wig, and uh, I thought for the most part it looked pretty good, but sometimes it looked like a wig. Yeah. And uh, so I would like the option of being able to do uh, a bunch of different things, and and because Magnus, I think, is going to be a pretty kick-ass character, I want to make sure that you know we have a bit of freedom that we're not tied down to the wig. So. Um, you know, it may be jumping back and forth. I'm going to keep it blonde right now because I'm shooting Atlantis in a mm-hmm. week and a half. And then I'm going to, um, yeah, I'm going to dye it dark. It's kind of scary. Nervous? I am nervous, and I'll tell you why. Because I, uh, I very stupidly, because I won't look like Olivia. Aww. Really? And I look in the mirror right now, and she touches my hair, and mummy, mummy, and we, you know, uh, we look alike. Uh-huh. We look a lot alike, and if I dye my hair dark, I'm afraid people will go, "Whose kid is that?" <laughs> I know that sounds kind of hokey, but that's what—that's you know, really the only reason why I don't want to go dark. Oh well, you know, I mean, have you ever had dark hair before? Uh, not not as dark as Magnus. No. Okay. Wow, that will be an interesting change for you. Maybe you'll love it. But, uh, maybe I will. Maybe I will. And then maybe Olivia will go, who the heck is that? <laughs> well, you know what I do every now and again is I put on the wig and just walk around and she just laughs at me. Oh, so, oh, okay. So it's the face. It's not the hair. You like mommy like this? No. <laughs> <laughs> How's she been doing? Has she been doing good? She's awesome. How old she's, is she now? She's going to be three at the, uh, at the end of March. Man. Oh, man. She's smart, too, man. And she's got a really, really wicked sense of humor. Good. Like her mother. Yeah, she's a bit of a control freak too, like her mother. <laughs> oh, good. She's really funny.
to laugh and she's got a great imagination. And, Good. You know, Good. Go on and on and on. She's, you know, the best kid on the planet. Are you th- are so you th- is everyone. Are you thinking of special schools? Um, she's right now she's in a little preschool and it's part of a, an elementary school that's um, just turned IB, the International Baccalaureate. Okay. So I don't know. You know what? I just want her to be happy. I know that sounds hokey too, but at the end of the day, I mean, she is a bright little girl, but I just want her to be happy. I want her to have a normal, happy, joyful, goofy childhood like I did. Awesome. 11 years now, going on 12. Is it, <laughs> is it hard to believe that all this time has gone by? Yes. Really? Yeah. It doesn't feel like that long unless I watch early episodes and go, gosh, I was young. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like 11 years. I don't know what 11 years is supposed to feel like, but, you know, that's a good, goodly portion of my adult life, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, acting like an adult life. And, uh, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, you have those on on little plastic discs forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you do you look at episodes and say, "I remember what was going on in my life at that point," or do you do you view them differently? But absolutely, absolutely. Okay. And I can you know pinpoint things that were happening on set when I watch certain episodes, or you know, like someone was having a bad day, or this is when my cousin died, or something like that. You know, Chris and Michael and I burst out laughing and couldn't stop, or that's the day Carol, you know. There's some scenes where, especially when Carol was on set, where we would all be laughing so hard, like I'd have tears streaming down my face, and she'd be making little, you know, her, Carol's fantastic laugh, which has a little snort in it. And <laughs> yes, it does. I can look at scenes and actually remember the laughter. Um, oh, that sounds hokey, too. My God, I'm like a bad sound bite, aren't I? No. Not but that's, I remember that, and, you know, and I'll look at certain episodes or, or, you know, Terrell and I going off doing our Turlene and Minnie routine, and right. I'm like, oh, that's the day that we discovered those characters, or, and it's fun. It's, 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 uh, it's nice to look back, and, you know, the good and the bad moments, but it's, it's, you know, I can look back and actually pinpoint certain things that were happening at, at any given time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What um, professional relationships have become the most lasting? Who do you keep in touch with the most? Uh, Richard. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I probably, probably, you know, Christopher and Michael for sure. Um, Carol and I are back in touch, and it's been a while, and it's that's really, really nice. Oh, good. I still talk to Dawn. I still talk to Carmen or Genziano. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I... It's like the family sort of, the kids go off to college and we come back for Thanksgiving and hook up. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, people will always be a part of my life. Obviously, professionally, I'm, I, I'm working with Martin Wood and we're in partnership with a company and with Damien Kindler. And so, you know, that's still, um, that's ongoing. Um, I'm still, you know, obviously talk a lot to David Hewlett and Jewel State and Rachel and Joe and so... It's hard to, you can't leave the Stargate family. Right. They're everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) They're inside you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is. It's a big, huge part of my life, so, and it's part of my family, so. Creating a television show often means outrageously long, ridiculous hours. Um, Did you ever feel as though you didn't have enough time for yourself or for your family? I think uh, there was a period of time making Stargate where I became um, 
think I became a little too Stargate-centric and at the expense of my life. Uh, you know, I would come home at night and open my script, and Sundays at about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, it would be, okay, sit down with the script. And, um, you know, sort of took for granted all the pieces that were a part of my family puzzle. Uh, mm-hmm. This is before Olivia. Right, course. right. Um, yeah, we're, and I'm, I'm such a damn perfectionist that I, you know, I loathe to drop a line on set. I was like, I am going to have this word perfect every single time. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I, I ended up getting some really good perspective. You and can. now, as important as the work is, uh, you can do it all at work and come home. And yeah. And I think having a child is a great equalizer in that sense. Well, I in the door on my cell phone, you know, we, Alan and I have very specific rules about when we come into the house, you know, you can't be on the phone and you drop everything and you're totally engaged. And that's really important. Right. That Olivia, you know, gets that sense of, of us. It's that dinner table mentality, too, you know? I mean, like, so many people just, you can't talk about work at the dinner table. You can't take a phone call at the dinner table. That's that's family exactly. time. Exactly. So. Yeah, it's, it's hugely important. Well, as, as fast as this society is getting, we have to hold on to those things as hard as we can. Um, Kylie from Australia, she wants to know, um, do you as yet have any indication as to how the writers are going to deal with the departure of Sam Carter as base commander? Yes. You do? <laughs> Can you share anything with us? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I sh- I'd love to. Gosh, are you kidding? I'd love to say, yeah, this is exactly how they're going to do it. But I, I don't want to give away um, uh, any secrets from Atlantis. And, and the writers have done it really cleverly. Okay, so so you're pleased with the with what they've done? Yeah, yeah. The the, the last script that I read, it, it was very clever and it made a lot of sense and it dovetails nicely into um, the we'll franchise. So. Yeah. Hey, stop me talking, David. Stop me talking. Stop talking, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> Do you consider Atlantis Carter to almost be a different role from SG One Carter, even though they are the same people? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I do only in that I, I sort of chose to play it that way uh, oh, okay. to keep the character interesting, but also because um, she was out of her element in a totally different realm in the lead position, um, you know, commanding an expedition and being in charge of all these people. It was a very different role for Sam, so it was a very different Sam. It made sense to me. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that I mean, you're, you're not... You're not a part of the team per se anymore, as you are of the whole team. I think uh, I think one of the biggest one of the big defining moments for a lot of people that that I that I know was um, "Be All My Sins Remembered" when she nails um, uh, Michael Beach's character for talking down to Rodney. You are not going to talk to any any of my team like that anymore, and if you do, you're not allowed here anymore. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah, so. Yeah, and that was a, you know that was great that they wrote that in. There were a couple of things where I was, um, you know, early on in the in the season of Atlantis, it made sense that, that Carter was being played a certain way. But I remember going to Joe Malazzi and saying, um, in as much as we're playing a very different side of Carter, she's still really smart and a scientist. And there's times when I don't speak up, and I should. And mm-hmm. <laughs> can mm-hmm. we change this? And get, like, I don't want her to be completely different. The heart of what is Carter makes a lot of sense to me. So, right. A couple of moments where I thought we'd pulled too far back. Right. Well, and and as you're trying to figure it out, I'm sure Sam would be too. Yes. 
because she Absolutely. she doesn't um, want to. Very, it was a the, we were going definitely going on the same journey, the two of us. Right. Yeah. And and, and uh, we're we're we know we all know how Rodney is. And yeah. I'm sure she's thinking that, okay, I know that I'm in his sandbox now, but I want him to know that his toys are not going to be taken. <laughs> so, What's um your theory as to what happened to SG-1 when the character left the team? I mean, we, I, I, the, we know the Arc of Truth and Continuum take place before Season 4. Um, what do you think went ahead and happened uh, to SG-1? timeline for the movies may be slightly different than what we what we thought. Um, so there's a little hint for you. But um, okay. what do I think happened to the team? I think that, that is what, what we've done in the past, where they sort of, uh, like before Ben's character came on board, the team sort of disbanded, and Daniel was doing this, and Teal'c was doing that, and Vala was off doing this. I think that, you know, I would like to think that that's what happened, not that Carter left and the rest of the team kept going without her. Right. <laughs> Even though that's quite likely. Um I think that, you know, maybe the band disbanded like okay. we had done in the past and, and we get back together for the movies. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. That's just my own sort of, you know, ego where I don't want SG-1 to happen without me being there. Well, you are an invaluable member of the team, just like Daniel and just like Teal'c and, yes, Ben and Vala. <laughs> uh, so here's hoping. Yes. All right. Um, Chris from Ireland wants to know which episode from season four has been your favorite. Uh, season four of Atlantis. Correct. Good because I can't remember season four of Stargate SG One. Um, <laughs> Trio for sure. Trio was so much fun to shoot. Um, it, it was. It's a nice little standalone episode. It's a little bottle show. It takes place in a very small set. For me personally, it was a lot of fun working with David and Jewel, both of whom I adore and just had a blast working with. Um, but also, I conquered a big fear of mine, which is my fear of heights. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a massive fear of mine. Huge, huge, huge. And um, and I had to confront that and act at the same time and actually be the only character who's comfortable with heights when I was actually the only actor who wasn't. So, oh, wow. Um, th- things like that. Like, a, you know, just getting up and walking a beam in a harness and, and you know, not crying, which I did at first. Aww. And I stopped. Um, so for a lot of different reasons, Trio was really... Uh, really an important episode for me, but it was just also at the heart of it, the bottom line, it was really, really, really fun. David Hewlett and Jewel and I could not stop laughing. Good. And uh, so, you know, I have fond memories of that. Well, a lot of the the fans are wondering, you know, I mean, yes, she is base commander now, but when are we going to see that sexual tension pop up again? Is this the episode? Um, not really. Okay. We do talk about our relationships. Okay. Um, but there's not really a sexual tension. It's more, there's a couple of nice really bantering moments between everyone. Okay. And uh, even right off the top, um, you know, there's some nice sort of girls against the guy moments. <laughs> kind of, you know, because David, um, David's character is so easy to sort of make fun of. <laughs> well, he just asks for it. He does kind of ask for it. His sort of socially inept qualities of McKay make it very easy to laugh in his general direction. And, um, you know, so it starts right off the top. So it's not really sexual tension, more a nice, comfortable banter. Okay. Okay, Yeah. I Uh, think the fans will enjoy it. There's some really sweet moments in there. Were you responsible for the images uh, in Carter's office? 
actually, um, I had asked that there be certain things, but our set deck department is so on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came in, they had pictures, and they had the only thing that I was responsible for putting in there was a mug, which is from the Waterkeeper Alliance, which is a charity on. Oh, Hill. okay. And it made sense to me that Carter would have a Waterkeeper's mug, eh, because it's uh, it's a great charity, but also because um, you know Atlantis is surrounded by water, and right need to protect water is not lost on her. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was the only thing that I was responsible for bringing in. Oh, but, okay. But the fact that they put a picture of my dad and of um, Cassandra yeah. and, of, and of my boys, that all made sense to me. I was really surprised to see the picture of Colleen there. I was like, where did they get that? You know, that's just, that that is keeping on top of it. Yeah. Because yeah. That's it, our stuff department. Well, They're awesome. Even though, and even though we haven't seen her a lot, you know, it's 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 within our our hopes that that those two did keep in touch. That her and Cassandra were together a lot. Yeah, more just, than just keep in touch too. I would say, like, very much, um, you know, very much a part of her life. Yeah. Uh, especially with what happened to, to Janet Frazier, um, uh-huh. Sam completely takes over and and is responsible for making sure that Cassandra gets her education and. And, you know, although we don't bring it up in the show as much as I had hoped that we would, um, Sam is a huge part of Cassandra's life. Did you regret that we uh, never really got to see her again? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think it, it even just to have the explanation. Right. I mean, I know that there's odd lines in, in episodes in the later seasons of Stargate where Sam alludes to Cassandra, but... Uh-huh. Uh, it would have been nice to see her. It was uncomfortable for me when uh, the, the she wasn't even at the memorial service. Although we can, we have to just imagine that she was there. Yeah, or imagine that that she wasn't for you know, and then you can come up with a million different reasons why. But yeah, I uh, I thought that that would have been the perfect case scenario to have her there. And I don't know whether it was actor availability or or what uh, made that final decision, but it would have made a lot more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Melora was wondering uh, if you have any advice for Robert Picardo about uh, joining the show full time, and what advice you think Sam would give to Woolsey about being the leader of Atlantis. Sam would tell Woolsey to chill out a little bit. <laughs> She'd tell him to get the stick out of his ass. But mm-hmm. um, my no, I don't have it. You know, Robert Picardo is such a nice guy. I know that that again sounds like lip service, and it's not. He really is a nice nice man. He's been on a series before. He knows the cast of this series really well. He plays a wonderful character. He's a talented actor. I think he's just going to fit in beautifully. And whenever mm-hmm. he's around on the Atlantis set, he has a great time and the cast loves him. So mm-hmm. um, Carter's advice to Wolseley would be to get the stick out of his ass. Amanda's mm-hmm. advice to Bob is have a good time. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, he will. He will. He's the type of person that will... will um, you know, I have no doubt that he just makes fun wherever he goes. Yeah, he's I, just really, really easygoing guy. I met him in L.A., and he's just one of my personal heroes. He's just, Isn't he lovely? He's so cool. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's nothing you can say to him that he... I mean, he's been in the industry long enough. There's nothing I could say to him that he doesn't already know. And, and like I said, he's just the kind of guy that makes it comfortable wherever he goes. Right. Right. people around him really comfortable. And I thought it was a bold choice to bring him in because he's part of an oversight advisory that's so stick in the mud and do this all this by the book. 
Absolutely. But I, I, I think the general direction that I imagine they're going for is at the end of this, at the end of his journey, he's going to be such a strong advocate for this team that it's not even going to be funny. Yeah, I think, I think at the end of the day, that's exactly what's going to happen. Right. But I think that the tension in getting there is going to be quite, quite fun to watch. Yeah, and 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 worthy of of a season or two. Yeah. So. Good deal. Susan from New York City. We know about Carter's many strengths. What do you think her weaknesses are? Mm. Chocolate. Chocolate? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think Carter tends to to go too serious at times. Um, She's a little bit too work-centric and uh, sometimes doesn't always doesn't always stop and smell the roses. And I think that that's such an important part of being a, a well-rounded person. Mm-hmm. Actually take stock of your life every now and again, sit mm-hmm. back. You know, take five minutes with yourself and sort of say, where am I at and what am I doing? And Carter's just so busy. Yeah. Forward with her career and with work. And, you know, saving the planet is a pretty heady job, but uh, <laughs> I think she needs to relax more. Her life's going to fly by if she doesn't realize it, you know? Uh, and I think, it, you know, I, I think there's been moments where she's sort of caught a, caught a hold of that, but then she lets it go. And yeah. I think that she 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 uh, she needs to sort of do what I did partway through shooting Stargate, which was sit back and go, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Work and there's life. And mm-hmm. bring anything to my work if I don't have a good life. Right. And uh, And vice versa, so... She needs to chill out a little bit. I was, and I was always hoping for a little bit of levity. I remember you did uh, did a season f- seven interview with Sci-Fi. When, when do I get to be funny? Sam's not funny. Damn her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think she slowly lightened up. As the seasons went on, she got a bit more of a sense of humor, found it easier to laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she mean, she it would have been really nice to see her have a really good, goofy and we can't forget Pete Shanahan. I mean, as some fans may like to, um, that was a really interesting and important chapter in her development. It informed her as a woman. Yeah. Character. It, it, Carter really did come into her own as a woman, as a sexual being, as a, uh, you know, functioning in a fully adult relationship. It was important to... Um, to show that that side of her was was blossoming, yeah. And I think that it it made her better at her job. Mm-hmm. Like sort of back to what I said about you know don't forget to live your life even though you're working. Your work can't be your life. You have to you have to have a life to live. And I think that that was important for her. And I think it also there were moments of great levity for her with Pete, and uh-huh. um, she needed that. Well, it's one thing to fight for your planet. It's another thing to have something to fight for. Exactly. Oh wow. David, oh, you are so deep. <laughs> and you should write. <laughs> um, yeah, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. Nora wants to know, my good buddy Nora, in past interviews you've uh, stated you enjoyed the opportunity to direct and would like to do more directing. Please tell us that Sanctuary will give you the freedom to do some non-Magnus-centered episodes where you can direct. Yes. Oh, yes. Good deal. I'm so glad to hear that. Talk with Martin and Damien about that, and they're both very much on board. Probably not in season one because we really need to establish the show and the characters, and it's going to be a very crazy, heady year for all of us. But um, 
And, and also stage three media is branching out and doing other things besides just sanctuary. You know, eventually down the road, our plan is to do other shows. So in which case, I'll be very much involved in the directing. Oh, good. It is hard to get the actors directing there. It's such a well-oiled machine, and it moves so quickly. And, you know, we're often dovetailing episodes. And, it, you know, I understand why um, why the actors aren't directing very much mm-hmm. because the pace of the show is so fast. Mm-hmm. It really isn't necessarily time. Like, when I directed, I had three days prep. I did most of my prep over the course of weekends, and I was holding you know, props meetings in my trailer in between setups for the, you know, big two-parter we were shooting. Yeah, you did Lost City first, didn't you? Yeah, and so we did a lot of, uh, you know, I did a lot of my prep work while I was acting. And so it's not the best-case scenario. Mm -hmm. I understand, but uh, with Sanctuary, I'm going to, you know, it'll be different. Cool. That's why I have the name Executive Producer. (laughs) You can make your own decisions, call your own shots. And I will. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Pharaoh Atem. Amanda, after working with the SGA cast for a whole season, do you feel it has stayed true to the SG-1 dynamic, or has the cast created its own unique bond? Well, the cast has created its own unique bond. It has to. I mean, the Stargate franchise is the Stargate franchise, and and everyone fits very nicely under that big umbrella. But um, they've definitely created their own dynamic. And more power to them. You can't, you wouldn't want to replicate the SG-1 dynamic. It's just, it's a completely different, you know, it's a completely different group of people. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that the answer is yes to both parts of the question. Yes, they stayed true to the Stargate franchise, but they've also created their own unique and really wonderful dynamic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very different. The moods, uh, not the mood, I wouldn't say, but there's a different vibe on each set. The SG-1 set yeah. has a Vibe. Maybe because we're a bit goofier and because we've been together that much longer that, um, you know, we don't necessarily have to, you know, we, we can finish each other's sentences without any problem. But I don't even think it's that. It's just it's just different. The timbre is a little different. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the, the, I, I was um, a little disappointed in the first couple of seasons in the amount of time that we were shown with them being off-duty. And it certainly began to pick up in season, in early in season three, where we got to see them chilling. Yeah. And it was even more pronounced in Sunday, obviously. I think Sunday's the greatest Atlantis episode ever. Yeah, it's a great episode. But yeah, you know, the, these, these people do have lives away from the office, and I think it's important to show that. I think what was interesting about the way, the way Atlantis approached it is, he, you know, they, they were giving you the big, broad strokes of this whole new expedition, but um, they did introduce the characters really quite fully right off the top. Uh-huh. They, they said the first, the first couple of seasons, there was a lot of backstory on the characters, and, and in some ways, I think because they knew the franchise was going to hold up and that the show was going was gonna to last, that, that that's kind of a good thing. We got all that out of the way, and then, then it was able to really play with the characters because we knew them so fully. Right. Yeah. S.G. Ferret from England, was it strange working with Mitch Pileggi again after the last time you acted together in the X-Files and the way that that story played out? Yeah, you know, it's really funny. The funny story with that is I uh, I was on S.G. 1 and I walked over to the Atlanta set because I'd heard Mitch was over there and he was sitting in the, you know, big commanding chair <laughs> on, the, on the ship and uh, the whole crew standing around and I guess they were lighting or something and Mitch was sitting there and I sort of poked my head into the set, and he looked at me and very loudly said, Oh, hey, Amanda, the last time I saw you, we were naked. 
<laughs> and the whole crew sort of went, huh? <laughs> and I hadn't seen him since we'd shot The X-Files, so that was a, a good laugh. Yeah, it's quite funny. He's, he's again, he's, he's another lovely, easy-to-get-along-with man. But he's cool. It is kind of weird, and it, it was kind of weird at first with him, just sort of going, okay, so, yeah, we were naked. Uh, <laughs> how are you? Exactly. <laughs> oh, how you been? <laughs> Wormhole disengaged.